And everyone, our leader for tonight is Ira. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you. Uh, uh, I first of all like to thank uh, Gail for asking and uh, for Jenny for being co-host and for Susie, who I talked to um, earlier to make sure that um, I knew the routine here, you know. Um, and so I thank you. And um, to qualify, um, I came in via Alcoholics Anonymous, um, and I was exposed to the program about three years before I actually came here um, by a guy I was working for who was sponsored by Clancy Emerson of, of uh, Pacific Group. So I came in via that way. And he invited me to one of these meetings. And, and this was in North Hollywood. I live in Calabasas uh, now, but at that time I lived in Van Nuys. And um, there were like seven women there on a Monday night or whatever, and I would not go in after I said I would be, do it. And I, like, I st stamped my foot. And he said, well, and he's a guy who had a temper. I mean, to work for him, he was a music director on, on several shows, and I was a music arranger. And uh, at the time that this happened, I probably weighed, um, you know, 280, something like that. That was not my high weight. Um, but he said this, and then walked in the door with these women for an OA meeting. Now, he was not an overeater. He was trying to do a 12-step call, and I didn't realize it at the time. He said, Ira, he said, you can keep killing yourself if you want, or you can come in with me to survive. It's fully up to you and slam the door. But it was that that I remember at my first OA meeting where I really let go of this thing uh, in 1983. That was in 1980. Um, and that's what I remembered. So there's an old saying for those of you who are new or, you know, you hear, take what you want, you know, and throw the rest away in a garbage can. That's not what he said. And that's not what Clancy said, because I got involved with that. Take what you want, file the rest away for future reference. You never know when you may need to use it. Okay. See, it's, there's no garbage can because everything is here. And, and um, so when I was ready, what, was, what brought me into this thing was that, that, um, that neither eating, I was eating up to like for lunch every day, 40, in, 40 ounce blade cut steaks at a barbecue in the apartment I lived in. I hadn't been intimate with the woman I was married to at that time in 12 years, you know? Um, and I'm a passionate guy. And so you got to really be screwed up. And I was drinking and all that kind of stuff. But I remembered that. So I called the Overeaters Anonymous office and receipted. And the newcomers meeting was at 7.30. And I mean, the, the, the regular meeting started at eight o'clock. And there was like, you know, at that time it was September and the San Fernando Valley is pretty warm and humid and all that stuff. And uh, the secretary was late. Her name was 
Carolyn, I think, and went through the parking lot. This is receded. I don't know if, how many people know the valley, but receded in Sherman Way. It's dead center in the valley. And um, opened up the door, but I didn't leave. And so the, the whole bunch of people talking and screaming. And I had mentioned to Don H that I saw this guy who I knew I late, later found out was his name was Don H. And I thought I'd be the fattest person there. Um, and uh, he was bigger than I was by at least 100 pounds. And not only that, um, he had a bunch of women flocking to him, you know, like he was the bell of the ball or whatever, you know, and that ticked me off. Of course, then as a hundred pounder, everything ticks me off, you know. Um, but anyway, this lady, lovely lady named Shelly, who I found out later had 90 days. She had gray eyes. She was Portuguese or whatever, but she, and there were 12 of us who were newcomers. And it was like a theater style, you know, long way of the room and all that. And uh, right before eight o'clock that night, she came up to each of us, looked me straight in the eye, I said, welcome. And I said, without any prompting, I don't have to be alone in, anymore, do I? Like a little kid, and I started to cry. I had not cried as an adult at uh, my dad's funeral ever. It was very controlled. And um, found a sponsor that night. Now I know it's a spiritual experience because this guy went up to his, uh, got a nine month chip. He was wearing one of those yellow Banlon shirts. You remember that? Well, most of you are probably this predates you, but um, BB before Banlon, you know. Um, but he had this huge uh, stomach and he went up there and went, yo, like that, like in front of everyone. And for me, as angry as I am, it's like I'm easily embarrassed, you know, so, or I was. So, you know, we say, if you decided you want what we have and are willing to go, see, I don't like the way that, and I was, by the way, at 16 World Service Conferences, representing the Valley, I was on the literature committee. I remember the 12 and 12 ones, 12. My story is in the second edition. It's the eighth story. And um, uh, I would love to tell you how spiritual I am, but it ticked me off that they took my story out. Why did they take mine out? Because they took everybody's out. But you don't understand. I'm different, right? You know, so, so, but the point is, is this guy, what he had that I wanted was this abandoned, even though he was fat. Okay, and I had, you know, it's like I'm an intellectual guy. I need to use my mind to write music. And a lot of the laws, the laws of nature, the law, you know, that we deal with are in everything. But I didn't know that then. So um, I asked him if I could call him. And he said, yeah, he was a janitor in the L.A. city system of buildings and had to leave for work at 630. So I would have to call him by 6.15. Now, I'm an artiste, and Joe used to tell me, because he was a music director, artiste with an accent grave on the E. He says, all that means is you can't handle a day job. That's it. You know, and you know how to talk to me. But here's the spiritual thing, is I was up at 6.15 with no alarm so that I could call him the next day. That never happened to me before. So what I understand happened to me 
is a spiritual experience. Now, we say we are not a diet and calories club. However, a lot of us, I think, internally say, except me. But we don't say that to each other. You hear a lot of talking here about feelings. There's, not, there's no chapter in the book called Into Feelings. There is no chapter in here about uh, inner child work. And I went through that part of OA in the late 90s. And I saw a huge meeting. There used to be a meeting on Friday nights at uh, uh, Glendale Adventist Medical Hospital off of the 134, where, which had over 200 people. And there was, and at that time, meetings would start at eight and go two, two and a half hours. You'd have a 10 minute speaker sharing and then a main speaker. And that's changed and that's the way it is. But that meeting, after somebody took it over who had some other orientation with uh, some kind of um, uh, movement, started getting speakers with that experience. And there's a reason we have traditions. That's how we deal with each other. That's how we hold together. And I had to learn this from experience. The only thing anybody here has for anybody is experience, strength, and hope. And that experience doesn't necessarily have to be good or fun. It's how do you get through this without killing yourself? And I remember Joe telling me one time, we were talking, he said, I can love you so much it'll kill you. You see, I'm an addict with food. I'm an addict with booze. I don't stop when other people stop. My idea of Thanksgiving, like in this, and I could tell you, uh, I had one Thanksgiving, I think it was my last Thanksgiving, which was well before I actually came into the program, where I was eating like crazy, you know, all the turkey and the fat and all that stuff. And there's nothing that says we can't talk about food. Now, brands, it's like I don't want to endorse a certain brand, but the thing is, I've never been in an AA meeting where he couldn't talk about booze. And if, and unlike the, the, uh, the, and I was told to read two pages of the big book every day, reread it, put it down. Because my permanent OA sponsor was also a sober alcoholic, who was 300 pounds. He died at 90. And I was there two weeks before he died at a, a launch at Buco de Beppa here. And there were 120 people there. He was dying of cancer, you know. And I was there with him. I put on his cowboy hat, you know, and all this stuff. And this is this little Jewish kid from Detroit. You know, see, here's the point I think I'm trying to make here is this it. I hear people talk about what they're trying to find out why they eat. And here's the joke is I'm a compulsive overeater, which means I eat for no reason at all. I'll eat because I find out why I want to eat. Oh, that's it. Let me have a pizza. See, so the spiritual thing we're talking about applies to me. See, that's why I'm here. What I used to say is when I first came in, I was selfish and self-centered 110% of the time. And that the, the big book talks about selfishness and self, self-centeredness are the root of our problems. I'll get into that in a minute. But here now, I'm in my 38th year of abstinence and sobriety and about at least 32 years at, at a comfortable weight. You know, I mean, I gained about 25 pounds after 17 years because I was getting older. And I've taken off about 15 and maintained that ever since, give or take a pound or so, right? Um, I'm 72. I came in at age 34. So I've been 
in a in a 12 step lifestyle longer than you know more than half of my life you know which is you know i'm not i don't need congratulations but what keeps me going is it's one day at a time you were talking about the newcomers meeting that's the one that does it for me one day at a time because i don't have to do the rest of my life like with what's been going on right everybody is freaked out aside from covid and all that stuff because we're all projecting what we think, there's what we know and what we think we know. And I learn about that too. What I think I know is not necessarily what I really know, you know? And um, wisdom does not come from knowledge. Wisdom comes from experience. That's why it's impossible to have wisdom before I experience something. Like don't put your hand on the stove. I mean, you can have, Knowledge is it gets real hot, but until you've actually burned yourself, you know, if you're like me, it's like, okay, you know, it's like that stuff. Point is, is that the longer I go, the more experiences I get. I have now, I'm still working, I'm writing the best music of my life, but I have two uh, neuro, uh, neurologic conditions. One is MS, the other is Parkinson's, which, which was um, diagnosed, both of them, were diagnosed in September 2009. And because of all the exercising I did, which I started three months with a guy that ultimately died of this disease, but we started weightlifting. I've been doing it, doing it since, although not as much. I'm on the treadmill four or five days a week, you know, but, but it's a middle ground. There's not either or. And what that same guy, Joe Harnell said, to me, and this is, you can take this one with you. This is not a program for bad people trying to get good or sick people trying to get well. What this is, is, is a program for good people trying to get better. So you might think about that. The problem with anonymity is, and it's a constant battle because there's me, I want you to know who I am. I want you to understand my needs and so on. And then there's anonymity, which says, just guess what, Ira? Everybody in here thinks that way. What? Everybody thinks that way? That can't be. But if you really think about it, everybody here thinks that way. Um, you know, what do we say? There's three talks, the talk that I plan to give, the talk I actually gave, and the talk that I wish that I gave. You know, and you know what? It's become, they used to tell me there are no big deals. And I used to react, what do you mean there are no big deals? Of course there are big deals. My foot hurts. You know, I uh, have tried to help somebody and this is a very sick man. And uh, he's a hundred pounder and uh, he's very sick. Lost his job, he's, uh, weighs 450 pounds. And I'm not saying that out of judgment or you know, slander or anything like that. And I said, this is what I did. See, I cannot tell you what to do. I can tell you what I did. That's it. And if you want it, see, oh, that's the other thing. I don't like the way that, you know, this is just my personal opinion about somebody who has what you want. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm nuts, I don't know what I want or it changes real quick. So I tell people, find somebody you can talk to that you can be real with just for a second, that you're willing to do what you say you're gonna do. Because the, the, the issue, what they, they, 
thank God at AA, especially PG on Wednesday nights, they would laugh at me when I would come up with these ideas. And after they stopped laughing, now she says, okay, now what are you going to do? And I'd rather be laughed at than yelled at. But I, a lot of times I don't, you know, I'm not real good at that either. Uh, we, I, I go to a step study, an AA step study, where we study the 164 pages of the book over and over again, the big book on Friday night. It's called Students of the Big Book. It's uh, San Fernando Valley, 730. It's a great meeting. Um, there's a lot of sobriety there. I think the one time there were six of us there, and between the six of us, there's almost 170 years of sobriety, you know. And it's, it, and it's just over time. How do you get through this stuff without killing yourself? That's it. I can only do that one day at a time. See, and I, you know, listen, I call my food in every day. Am I perfect? By no means. There's no, I don't deliberately lie, but sometimes I leave stuff out and I put it in later. But there are certain foods I don't eat. I haven't eaten red meat. I haven't eaten bread, sugar since um, uh, September 7, 1983. You know, and it's just one day at a time. But the reason we take chips, for instance, is not, and I think a lot of people, and I've heard this in OA, I've not heard it in AA meetings. Of course, we're, we're doing Zoom meetings now, but um, uh, we're, we're um, uh, it's like, you don't take it as an achievement. Like I hear people get up and say, oh, I don't think I deserve this chip. If you're gonna be that glum about it, don't do it. Because there was this guy that had 50 years of sobriety when I knew him. He was a merchant marine. His name was Al Marine. He said, Ira, this is, we were to men's AA, Ira, the purpose of sobriety is to, <laughs> is, <laughs> is to inspire the alcohol. And he would say it that way and you'd like get blown away, you know. And, and I'm a show business guy. What can I say? You know, I've, I've done a lot of, I've had great work. <laughs> I, I got two great grandkids. You'd have told me that, I would have said, you're out of your mind. I, I could never be a father. The first woman I was married to didn't want kids. We were really had no business being together. And I met this lady in the program and we've been married uh, 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 oh, uh, wow. Uh, 21, five, um, I think we're 25 years this year. And through that, I got grandkids. And one of them's blonde and gray eyed, half Jewish, half Irish. The other one's named Rosie, who is like, um, who's, uh, she just turned uh, nine months old. And I think the color of her, her hair will be like Maureen O'Hara. So much for what I know, you know. And they love me. They call me uh, 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 Caroline, who's the Wiggles. That's the older one who's four, really bright, going on 30. She calls me Papa. I got a red Mustang, 2019 convertible that has, you know, awesome grandpa on both, you know, the license plates. You know, and and what I'm saying is, it's like I can worry about things, but that's about trying to control stuff I can't control. 
I will, you know, the, 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 the first step, people mis, misstate. Because the first step says, and I'll use it for food in our case, we admitted we were powerless over food. There's a hyphen that our lives had become unmanageable. There's no and in there. And the reason I say it is, is that if you put an and in there, it makes them two separate statements. And a lot of us like, and so what that tells me is if my food is screwed up, my life is unmanageable. That's why I need to talk to somebody about it, see? And this guy that I'm, you know, I told him, I made it very easy for him and I'm not, I don't regret it, but he sent me pictures of food and his body index or something today. And I don't care about, I don't know anything about that stuff. But I, I you know, Susan, who's, you know, women are uh, like my wife is full of uh, juice and all that great stuff. And, you know, and she'd be the first one to tell me if she thought I stepped over the line and she was in her office. And um, she said, she, it was amazing what, how you dealt with this guy. This is a guy that's dying of this disease that doesn't want to stop, but he doesn't know it. He wants to stop, but he doesn't know how. And the fact that I even think about that, like I said, when I came in here, I was 110% selfish and self-centered. Now in my um, 38th year of sobriety and abstinence, I'm 96% selfish and self-centered, you know? But there is time where I actually, like I was on time tonight. That's not one of my, you know, um, down-home um, character virtues. You know, I love to get there right before the ending we really excited and furious at somebody else only to be here on time, you know? And, and, but I don't do that as much anymore. See, I have every character defect I came in here with, everyone. What you taught me was I don't have to act on them. You don't have to know about them all, see? Uh, people used to, and it's like, again, it's experience. People used to say, I sound abrupt on the phone because I'm trying to write music, I have my, office here, business is going on, and the, the, the benefit of the fellowship call me. And sometimes I'm not really, you know, as, um, what's the right word here? Um, I don't want to say appropriate, it's the wrong word, but sometimes I'm not as aware of how I sound. You know, I suspect that's true of most of us too. But one day at a time means that I only have to do this today. And Marty also told me if I'm gonna hide, a meeting's as good as any to hide in because sooner or later you'll be forced to look at the truth and nobody can kick you out. And that's, by the way, that nobody can kick you out. That's how I interpreted the third tradition. That's how defensive I was, you know. I remember the first time I was gonna get a chip, it was a one month in. Um, uh, and uh, I was so furious that I couldn't talk until 30 days or whatever. And then so my time came to the chip and I was like, you know, a marshmallow. You know, I was just so grateful. See, I don't know how it's gonna work out. I only have right now, you know. And so all I can do is the best that I can do. And I don't always do the best that I can do. I don't know any human being that does. We had this discussion one time, just as a, a philosophical thing at the end of this Friday night meeting. Are we uh, human beings trying to be spiritual? or spiritual beings trying to be more human. You know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing, but who gets into that when you're worried that your clothes don't fit? You know, I don't. 
So <laughs> these are the experiences I have. And the reason I'm here, <laughs> excuse me, the reason I'm here is because I don't want to lose it. You help me more than I help you. Because you and, you know, it's like, let me ask everybody here. Now you can raise your hand or not. <laughs> One minute. How many people? Am I just out? One just minute. about out? One I was minute. Just, I'm sorry? One minute. Okay, it's perfect. How many people here have eaten anything since the meeting began? Raise your hands. Now, how many people <laughs> would you say feel worse than they did when they came in? How many people feel about the same as when they came in? How many people feel better than when they came in? Oh, that's great. See, I'd say most of you do. Well, here's the point about that. You feel better than you came in an hour ago and you didn't need anything. The program works. I rest my case. Thank you very much.